is Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it that we do? And get the people! What they want. Jalen Rose, the NBA returns to action today. And usually the All-Star break is around halfway through the season, but not this year. We're around 70% through the season. So now... It is time to start talking about the playoffs, taking a real look at the conferences and the standings. And you have taken your time to break down the Western Conference into tiers. Who is your top tier teams of contenders in the Western Conference? Jacoby, being around this league for my entire 30-year period since being drafted and just following the game my whole life, when training camp starts, there are only a couple of teams that look at their squad and say, if we don't win the championship, this season is a bust. Mm. So therefore, those are the teams that are in my tier one for the Western Conference. The defending Western Conference champions, Phoenix Suns, who've had the best backcourt in the league, the best clutch team in the league, obviously led by a healthy CP and D-Book, and they built out their depth on the interior to play quality minutes behind Aiton because that was something that they were short at when they got to the NBA Finals to play against Giannis. The development of Bridges has been outstanding. He's been a terrific defender, but he continues to shoot the ball and he continues to improve his all-around game. And so that growth from within that Monty Williams has continued to been able to nurture, I feel when the Suns are healthy, they are the best, most cohesive team in the Western Conference, and they have championship or bust expectations. They lead my tier one. And you also have, see, I have the Suns alone in tier one, but you also have another team which has an injury issue, the Chris Paul obviously with the Suns, and Draymond Green with the Warriors, who you have grouped with the Suns in tier one. I do, Jacoby, and here's why, because before Draymond Green went out, Steph Curry was in pole position or one of the favorites for MVP. The Golden State Warriors were really flying at a different level. And that's before Klay Thompson even returned. Good you point. know they're going to get Wiseman for the first time this season at some point soon. Jordan Poole is likely to sign a contract extension. Cool $80 million, so he's going to feel good about his role. Klay Thompson is easing himself back in. And so the Golden State Warriors, Jacoby, They have corporate knowledge of being there and doing that. Steve Kerr has become not only one of the greatest coaches of all time, but also somebody that's shown me he can develop a a roster from within. I love what I'm seeing from Kaminga and how he's going to be a game-changing player for them as well. So those two squads, to me, championship or bust expectations, clearly finals or bust expectations, I anticipate this is going to be the Western Conference final matchup. When you talk about these teams, it's impossible not to talk about the but when healthy. That's the one thing about these two teams in the top tier, which is a question mark. However, that could potentially open the door for teams in the second tier. Now, I disagree with you pretty much every way through your tiers. However, your second tier is extremely baffling for me. You have the Grizzlies and the Jazz. Please explain yourself, Mr. Rose. I have only those two teams, and for different reasons, by the way. The Utah Jazz have a core group of players led by Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert that have been together the last couple of seasons. Jordan Clarkson, the the, the sixth man of the year, and and Mike Conley at the point. But they have been disappointing once the playoffs came. Mm -hmm. Even though they were flirting with the top spot in the West, I didn't like how I seen them lose in the playoffs. They lost to 
the Denver Nuggets. They lost to the Clippers. And I just thought that they had an opportunity to win both of those series. So for me, the Jazz are a team that feels like we at least better make the conference finals or the NBA finals or it's a bust. For the Memphis Grizzlies, I had them here for a different reason. They're really good. And the thing <laughs> I like about the ascension of Memphis is that they've become the team that everybody want to act like they're jumping on their bandwagon. And so it's like John Moran has been a terrific performer since college and in the NBA. And as they've started to ascend, kind of like you and I work with the Denver Nuggets, the Memphis Grizzlies bandwagon is filled with people that's trying to say, I told you so. Yep. We can see everybody. I called Dylan Brooks my rational confidence guy a couple of years ago, and he's been out. He's going to come back at some point, hopefully. Bain has been terrific, knocking down shots and also defending. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Though he's a righty at the free throw line, he's dunking with his left, blocking shots with his left. Taylor Jenkins also doing a terrific job nurturing this squad. So for Memphis, their youthful enthusiasm, their defensive tenacity, and just the dominance and brilliance of John Morant. And you can't stop that guy from getting to the bucket. To me, this is the second tier. I agree with the Grizzlies being here, especially when you mentioned earlier the championship or bust thing. That's not how the Grizzlies feel. They're so young. The highest paid player on their roster currently is Steven Adams. Most everybody on their roster is not even making $9 million. So I see a great future for them. I feel like this isn't a championship or bust team. This is a get more playoff experience team and then take the leap next year. And one thing I disagree with you about this second tier is I would have the Denver Nuggets in the second tier because the Nuggets are going to get Murray back. They could get Porter Jr. back. And we all know that Jokic is competing for the MVP right now. But you have them in the third tier along with the two Los Angeles teams. Why do you have the Nuggets in the third tier and the Clippers in the third tier grouped in with the Lakers and the Nuggets? Because that's my home run group, tier three. And what you're saying is kind of a contradiction. You, you, you question whether I should have the Suns up because of their injuries, yet you have the Nuggets up but they don't have their second and third Jaylen, best player. That's hold on, if you're looking, if you're looking for consistency and logic, that you've done this show with me for ten years, you know that, right? <laughs> that I'm a, a hypocrite and I don't make sense. You know that, right? <laughs> I love you very much, and you look handsome today. Tier three, by Thank the you. way. So here's where I say tier three. This is where you got MVP type players that could just take over a series and, and take you there. Mm. So for the, the Joker, he's the reigning MVP. And if you look at his numbers, I got to tell y'all a secret. They're better than Joel Embiid's, and they're better than Giannis Antetokounmpo's. It's just that his team isn't a contending team right now in the West. So that's why I have them here in anticipation that they may get Porter and Murray back. I have the Clippers here. Kawhi Leonard, how many championships he got? Oh, two. How many finals MVPs he got? One. If he's healthy for some reason and Paul George is healthy, how can I dismiss the Clippers? Tyron Lewis kept this team afloat. Who would have thought that the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard would have a better record than the Lakers with LeBron James? It's wild. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard are taking over the Western Conference. Absolutely. And this is another reason as I go to the Lakers tier three, elephant in the room. LeBron James is still playing dominant. Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, why he can't stay healthy during the regular season, and we've seen a couple of years ago when they lost to the Suns a year ago, that he wasn't healthy in that series. But if LeBron and AD healthy, any team I'm about to say in Tier 4, 
You'll pick all three of these teams if they're healthy against any team that's behind these squads. And by the way, these three squads healthy, you, me, and a lot of people may actually pick them against Memphis and or the Utah Jazz. This Absolutely. is my home run group. And this has been the consistent theme throughout this, <clears throat> excuse me, which is why the playoffs are going to be so much fun in the Eastern and the Western Conference because there's this if, if healthy thing. If you have Murray, Porter, and Jokic healthy, I would pick that team over most teams in the Western Conference. Same thing to be said for the Clippers with KG and Kawhi. Same thing with the Lakers if they have AD and they have LeBron. Like, if these players are healthy, look at this Nuggets team. If they get these players back, I think I would pick them over every team in the Western Conference except for the Phoenix Suns, which is why there's so many question marks, which is why this race to the finish is so exciting in the Western Conference. Now, your Tier 4 teams, Mr. Rose, these are teams where it's basically, let's try to win a round of the playoffs. And in that Tier 4, you have the Dallas Mavericks and the Timberwolves. So when you look at the regular season rankings, the Mavs are above a few of the teams that I just mentioned in Tier yep. 3 in particular. So why... Do I have those squads ahead of the Mavs? Who's the Mavs' second best player? See, what's going to happen? Currently, Jalen yeah. Brunson. Jalen okay. Brunson. Okay, so what's going to happen in the playoffs, right? Luka's going to be dynamic. He's going to be outstanding, right? But they're going to make him work and squeeze him sometimes and force him to give up the ball. And the squads I have in Tier 3, if they were playing against the Mavs in the playoffs and they were healthy, I would pick the Nuggets. I would pick the Clippers. And I will pick the Lakers in a seven-game series against the Mavs. That's why I have them in Tier 3. Now, let's just celebrate. Celebrate, Luca! Come on! <laughs> like, and, and by the way, I told you, when Luca decides that he want to get in shape and really, like, just dominate, you see his body? That's the difference. Zion going to get there. I saw it happen with Kevin Love. I saw it happen with Draymond Green. It continues to happen to players as they realize, you know, how to work their game versus their body types. And so for Luka, like the numbers that he put up are incredible. And let's talk about our guy, Big Cat. Carl Anthony Carl Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, who not only won the three-point competition, has won the skills competition, and now has the Timberwolves in playoff. We talking playoffs? And if you're talking about young players on, like, their rookie deals, if you were picking people that you wanted to build around, off the top of my mind, I'm thinking Luca. I'm thinking Ja. I'm thinking Anthony Edwards. He's also on the mm -hmm. Timberwolves, David Jacoby. And so I like what they're trying to do with that situation. If D'Lo can stay healthy also, I like Minnesota for my Tier 4. And one of the things about the Mavericks is with the Kristaps Porzingis trade, they basically sent a message to fans and the league being like, you know what? We're not making a run this year. We're going to take on two smaller contracts that we could possibly move and reshape our roster for next year. We don't think that KP is the long-term plan. So maybe we can win around this year. We're not going to win the league this year. But I expect the Mavericks next year to be in a much better position than they are this year. So you've broken down the Western Conference into tiers. We're going to take a look at the Eastern Conference right after this short break. And there is some news out of where I am right now, New York City, that might affect your rankings, Mr. Rose. We'll discuss that right after now this. Now I'm going You're to show you how the East Coast rocks. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Friday night, doubleheader on ESPN, and it starts with the Heat traveling to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks at 7.30. And then in the nightcap, we have the Battle of Los Angeles, the Clippers taking on the Lakers. That's at 10 p.m. It's all preceded by NBA Countdown at 7 p.m. Coming to you live from the Seaport, New York City, and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, I am right here in New York City where the mayor, Eric Adams, has mentioned that they will take a look at some of the mandates and rules that require vaccination status for people in certain places. One of those people is Kyrie Irving. One of those places is the Barclays Center. Jalen, in a world in which Kyrie Irving can play both road and home games, how does that affect your view of the Eastern Conference? Still got to see Ben Simmons. Um, I believe they're 4-10 and ten in games Kyrie has played this year. Mm. So they're still going to need Ben Simmons to be that third dominant force if they're going to upend the defending world champion Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. And so... Having Kyrie available for home games is a win for the Nets in a lot of ways. But I just want to make sure I say this. Some of you people who aren't old enough to remember the Three Stooges, the first person I hear to try to cheerlead Kyrie not getting vaccinated and them changing the law, lifting the, um, the restriction, and cheerleading like he won or like he did something and I was like um, Einstein, I'm gonna give them a Benny Hill smack to the forehead. Seriously. Like the only thing the gentleman did was a personal choice. He decided not to get vaccinated. Fortunately for him, he now has a mayor who hopes to lift that restriction. But the one thing that that mayor is now going to run into, around 1300 people got laid off because they weren't vaccinated. So the optics weren't look good when and if he lifts the restrictions, and it seems to so very many that he's doing so that allows a basketball player to compete in playoff games. Well, you mentioned Ben Simmons coming back to the Nets. Eventually he will play. And there's also James Harden to the 76ers who's going to add to that roster. However, when we talk to you about your tiers in the Eastern Conference, you have neither the Nets or the Sixers in your top tier of the East. Why is that? And who do you have in that top tier in the East? Consistency. I would have did that with the Suns, except they only got 20 or so games left, and I think they're going to hold on to the number one seed. In the West, my tier three was all based on injury and health. And so for this, the exact same thing. To me, my tier for the Bucks, Giannis has been dominant to the point where he might win MVP if they're going to have a better record than the Sixers. Yep. And then the Heat have Eric Spolstra, and all he does is continue to reinvent his roster around Bam and around Jimmy. But for the Bucs, we got to give them their credit, man. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, a lot of people felt he couldn't be the second best player on the championship team. A lot of people wanted to see coach, uh, their coach Bud fired. And yet he just lifted them to the championship. And so as Giannis continues to make free throws and make threes, I got to give them their props. And Jimmy Butler and Bam, the same thing. They won the East a year prior. 
they added Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Like, they have a level of depth and defensive tenacity. Like, they're the team in the league that can hold somebody under 90 points, hold somebody under 100 points. And so based on that, that's my tier. Everything we're going to say about the Nets is what if Ben Simmons comes back. Everything we're going to say about the Sixers is how's James Harden going to fit with Embiid. Those things still need to get ironed out. These things, I know what I'm going to get today. Jalen, I have two questions regarding Tier 2. When is Ben Simmons going to come back, and how is James Harden going to fit with Joel Embiid? <laughs> That's right! You see what I'm saying? And so, like, I can't wait to be- see Ben Simmons play, by the way. Like, I know that being traded and going to a new situation, you know, a lot of times we have to reinvent ourselves as players. It's a beautiful thing when your skill set matches the best players on the other team. I went on Get Up when we lost that show in 2018, and I said the apex of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't fit because they occupy the same real estate on the floor, the painted area, the restricted area when they're at their best. Well, guess where KD's his best? All over. So Ben ain't gonna be in his way. He gonna be at the three, he gonna be at the elbow, he gonna be at the top of the key. So Ben ain't gonna be in his way. And guess what Kyrie doesn't wanna do? Lead the team in assists. That's gonna be Ben's job. So therefore, they are not gonna worry about Ben Simmons shooting. As a matter of fact, they'll cheer if he never shoots. They got plenty of guys that can shoot. And so based on that and Curry and adding Drummond, like I love the Nets, I love the Sixers, and both of those squads are healthy. Of course they're gonna push the Heat. Of course they're gonna push the Bucks. Well, especially without Joe Harris, the Nets needed two things desperately. They needed better defense and they needed shooting. And with Curry and Simmons and Drummond, they did that overnight. However, when we talk about these two teams, it's they look better on paper to me than your tier one teams, the Bucks and the Heat. However, we just need to see it. Because I think when we readdress this in two or three weeks, we might feel differently about it. I just need to see it. I need to see Ben Simmons on the court. I need to see James Harden throwing the ball to Joel Embiid. I need to see them work together. This is why this stretch run in these playoffs are so exciting to me in both conferences because there are so many question marks. There are so many years we went into the league in the regular season. Oh, it's probably going to be the Cavs and the Warriors in the fi- in the finals. And guess what? It was the Cavs and the Warriors in the finals. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen for the rest of this year, and that's why it's so exciting, and that's why you should tune into Jalen Jacoby every day on ESPN2 at 4 o'clock. However, when we come back, Jalen Rose shared a story about Larry Bird that was so good that we have to play it for you. You don't want to miss this story time with Jalen Rose right after this. Make sure you follow, subscribe to the Jalen and Jacoby podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts because on the podcast exclusive content, you never know what you'll get. And yesterday we got this story from Jalen Rose about Larry Bird. Story time. Final Larry story I'll tell you is when I made two shots against the Bulls in game seven, he took me out in the fourth quarter and I was pissed. And ain't nobody in the world care. that I ain't played the last five minutes, but I did. You told me if it was up to, I we'd have won if I was in, Larry. <laughs> of course. We, if you remember, you had a y'all had like a lead in the fourth quarter, like a we, twelve yeah, point we, lead. Dog, I made two straight shots. 
I made those two shots. They called timeout. During that timeout, they took me out of the game. You know why, Jay? I know why. You know why. You don't play defense. defense. That's what it was. <laughs> like, they like, like to get the They got the nice thing you made two shots, Mr. Rose, but uh, we need a two-way player now. Correct. And so, like, I, I was going to do the little kid thing. And by the way, when I did the Kobe 81 Olives, when Kobe says, Jalen. Oh, no. That's how Larry did me. I got on the bus, but thought I was going to pout and walk right past him. And I walked by his seat. He's like, Jalen. And I stopped. I went back, he had a beer in his hand, and I don't curse, but I'm gonna say what he said just for inflection. I was like, what's happening, coach? He's like, I fed up. Ooh. I was like, you know what? All good, coach. That's we'll all be you back need to next say. year. You think Larry Bird wanted to beat Michael Jordan? Do you think that? Do you think Larry Bird wanted to beat Michael Jordan? And you Correct. know what he says? And he's got, and, he, and, and oh, with all those emotions and disappointment, knowing that your season's over. Larry Bird has his own thing that he's trying to get accomplished, including beat Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan trying to get his second three-peat. Reggie Miller was trying to get his first championship along with Mark Jackson and Chris Mullen. You get the point. Mm. Jalen Rose is like low on the totem pole for Larry Bird, as far as I'm concerned. So when I get on the bus, and he cares about my feelings that matter to me. Yeah, and at that point, I was like, that's my guy. It's ride or die. I don't know what's about to happen, but this is my guy. I'm taking a bullet from him. Jalen, your stories are, are the best. I mean, yeah, I used to pray to a Larry Bird poster before sixth grade basketball games, and you went to battle with Larry Bird against Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Jalen. What was it like having him as a coach? It was amazing because he's such a terrific player and he's so smart and he's so versatile. Think about it, he's in so many categories, greatest shooter, greatest player, consecutive MVPs, champion, all-time great top 10 player. So to be around him, for him to even know my name and influence my career is truly something I'll always be grateful for. Does Larry Bird text? Is he texting or is he a phone call guy? He's a phone call guy at this point <laughs> of his life. You know that, Jacoby. I was trying to track him down to do Jalen versus everybody. He's a phone call guy. We'll be back tomorrow, ESPN2. We always have to give the people what they want. Part of that is podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. I love our podcast listeners so much. Two people stop me on the street. Everybody stops Jalen on the street. I don't even like hanging out with this dude in public, for real. <laughs> but two people stop me. People that say they love watching the show. People that say they love listening to the show. We love our podcast listeners so much. And we have a special guest for the podcast tomorrow. Who's that? Machinery is La joining Maquina. the program. Conway the Machine of our Griselda family will be on Jalen and Jacoby. And his new album is out Friday. God don't make mistakes. Let me repeat it. God don't make mistakes. And you know who he has on the album? Benny the oh. Butcher. Butcher's coming? The Butch is coming. You know Butch who else coming. he has on the album? The Fly God. Westside Gun is on the album. You know who else is on the album? Rose! <laughs> How about this? Lil Wayne is also on the album. And by the way, I got to tell y'all a secret. If Conway the Machine did an entire album and no one was on it, 
it will be exquisite bars. So exquisite I'm bars. telling you right now, and you guys know how Jalen and Jacoby ain't just parachuting in for the culture. We've been to Versus, we've been to Buffalo. I'm trying to tell you, make sure y'all go out and cop Conway the Machines out. Absolutely. And we always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is hearing from the people. Our voicemails are fueled by Gatorade. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with AG. And we want to hear from you, 98580-Jalen. I did a bad job not giving the people a chance to speak on the podcast exclusive. So I need to make sure I do a better job of that. And part of that is tossing to you, our listeners, that called 98580-Jalen and left us a voicemail just like this. Yo, what it do? This your boy, Jay Wax, also known as Wax. Shout out Reg, because you don't get on the pie unless you shout out Reg. Shout out Jalen, keep me as strong as always. Shout out to Kobe for being a great host, you feel me? Um, two questions. They kind of off, off a little bit, but hey, you know, y'all can answer it. So, as a Kings fan, Sacramento Kings fan, I'm still highly upset about the the Halliburton trade. Can you guys please enlighten me on what the heck the Kings are doing, were doing? I don't know. I need something. Holler at me about that. Second question. I just started working at a school. And, you know, it's Black History Month. Everything's been great. I love it. But all we did for Black History Month was have the children paint Martin Luther King pictures. As a person who owns a school, Jalen, what are y'all teaching in Black History Month? Are y'all just painting on Martin Luther King photos like we all have in the past? Or are you implementing new things? Keep giving the people what they want. I finally called y'all. Been a heck of years, and I'm happy I did it. Talk to y'all soon. Peace. Jay Wax, putting it on wax. First of all, I'll address the first question. Kings fans hate us, dog. Remember, Jalen said that Halliburton got DMPs and they didn't memorize uh, Sabonis' contracts, and, and the Kings fans got mad at us. They really did. I really enjoyed that. I, I like the hate. So I want to give a big shout to everybody that hated us in Sacramento and all the Sacramento Kings fans that got content from us. But I'll say this. He wants to know about the Halliburton trade. So Jalen. There's two sides to every coin. I feel like the Kings made a mistake by trading Halliburton. However, what is the case for trading for Sabonis, giving away Heald and Halliburton? So a couple of things. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the support. And let me just acknowledge the local media supporters of the Kings and those who rightfully so felt like they were chastising us for what we said about the team. We appreciate Let me just clarify something. When I say Halliburton was getting DMPs, I don't mean freaking literally. I mean that he should have been playing 30 to 35 minutes and he wasn't. That's what I meant. The next thing, Sabonis' contract, I said the details wrong. But the overarching point still exists. And this goes to answer your question, Jacoby. Why would the Kings now trade for a player that they're about to pay $200 million to to be in the lottery? Good question. What's the case for it, though? Like, he's a King. Wax is a Kings fan. Make him feel good about the trade. I'll tell you the case for it. The Western Conference has AD, has the Joker. And if you're going to, it has DeAndre Ayton. 
And so if you're going to beat those teams in the West, you're going to need an all-star caliber player up front, Jaron Jackson Jr. with Memphis. You're going to need somebody to play against those guys, Zion Williamson, if and when he's healthy. You're going to need a player like Sabonis. I like Sabonis' game. If y'all really listen to the show, like we actually talk about the Pacers and the Kings and no other shows are ever going to talk about the Pacers and the Kings. But with that being said, like Sabonis improved his game. I like his ability to pass now. I like he's always been somebody that, that, that went after boards and just a consistent score. Like he's a triple double threat. But let me make my Halliburton point. Halliburton's on a rookie deal. Let me say that again. Halliburton's on a rookie deal. So therefore, if you see he's going to be a player, the chess move may be to see what you can get from your lefty in the backcourt that's yeah, mm-hmm. versus or doubling down on a strength. What's my kid name? The lefty from Kentucky, Eunice. Mitchell? No, he's not. Point guard for Sacramento. Oh, Fox. All right, I'm drawing the blank. And there might be one person like, oh, you don't forgot De'Aaron Fox's name. Like, Mm. I'm the same person that I find. It's hard to remember Tiny Archibald and De'Aaron Fox's name at the same time. There's a lot of wealth of knowledge up in here. So if you feel like Halliburton is a player and you've shown Fox that you believe he's a player, don't do the Detroit Lion thing and trade Slay and draft the D-back. Why don't you have two D-backs and have two lockdown corners? Why don't you have Fox and Halliburton and build something? But anyway, we'll talk about this another time. We got to get out of here. We appreciate the support, 10 years in running. And like the Blastmaster KRS-1 once said, we're not done. We're not done. We are not done. Got to kill the